Hey everyone out there, how's it going? Welcome to ScreenSpeak. It is the podcast that is all about movies, life, and so much more. I'm Jordan Anderson, this is my podcast, and I really do sincerely appreciate each and every one of you for coming by here and taking a listen. Uh, Okay, let's just get the obvious out of the way. I feel like this has happened now in probably like the last two, three episodes, maybe even you know further back than that. Uh, where have I been? Where where have the episodes been, for that matter? There has not been that many of them. What the hell's going on? What is happening? Does this, is this, does this podcast even still exist? Is essentially what a lot of you are probably asking uh, that have maybe been listening in the past or maybe coming to listen to it now. You're like, I don't even know what this podcast is. What is it all about? Does this guy just show up once a month and talk about movies? What is going on? Um... And rather than give you some really long explanation that is just going to serve as filler time, I'm not really going to do any of that, okay? For people that have been listening to this in the past, I've been busy trying to get ready to get married. Um, My soon-to-be wife has immigrated here. She's here right now in the U.S., which is amazing. And so that's just been taking up a lot of my time, quite frankly. Um, Work's been taking up time, too, but, you know, honestly, mostly the relationship on there. So guess what? I've been putting the podcast aside a little bit to prioritize some of my time on the relationship because when you're apart from someone for two plus years, you sort of want to catch up a little bit. So that's what I've been doing. Um, but anywho, enough, anywho, anyways, enough of that. Uh, I just want to get into what the content of this episode's all about and just talk about movies. That's what you're here for. So let's just go ahead and do that. Uh, so about a month ago, I want to say is when I had posted the last episode of my movie collection podcast. And I did tell you that there was going to be a part two, which is today's episode. And there will probably eventually be a part three, four, and damn, maybe even a five, just depending on how many movies I decide to fit into one of these episodes, because, I have a lot of movies, so it just depends on how fast I want to talk through them and and all that different stuff, but I do want to do it. I said I was going to do it, and I'm a man of my word, and I want to keep my promises, so let's go ahead and continue with part two of my physical media movie collection. Now, at the end of the last episode on this, I had gone through the uh, number, like one, you you know, like 10 things I hate about you, 500 days of summer. I started with the numbers proceeded into the alphabet and then I made it through all the way through the letter C. So now in this, I've set aside movies. I have them here in front of me. I'm going to be talking about the uh, collection. Oh my God, the alphabet. I, why, why can't I even articulate this? I'm talking about movies that start with the letter D and they go through the letter G. So D through G in today's part two of Screen Speak, Jordan Anderson's movie collection uh, podcast. So yeah, that's it. I'm going to take a sip here of the good old H2O. Um, stay hydrated out there, people. It is very important. <clears throat> okay. I'm going to grab some of these movies cause I have them on the floor. It's a bit difficult to just have them all in my hand because that would be a pretty obnoxious pile. So bear with me one moment, just talk amongst yourselves or Make a noise. If you're in the car, just start singing to yourself. I I don't know. Do whatever it is that you do. Okay. Grabbing some. All right. Okay. I have a pile here. 
And I gotta clear my throat here just a second. Why do I have to do this on a podcast of all places? Why does your throat have to break up? I don't know. Let me... I can cough quick. Let me do that. (coughs) Yeah, that was the most obnoxious throat clearing that I think I uh, know about. But, alright. Without any further ado, it's time to talk about movies. So, first one up here in the Part 2 collection is Dave on Blu-ray. So Dave, it actually, the, this is a movie from Ivan Reitman. He directed it in about 1993, I want to say. It's got Kevin Klein, Sigourney Weaver, and Frank Langella. And I actually think, uh, yeah, Ben Ben Kingsley's in this. And Ving Rhames is a Secret Service agent, if I remember right. Um, <clears throat> this is a nice movie. This is a nice, charming, political comedy, and I really enjoy Kevin Klein actually, in a number of movies. Uh, I think he's a fantastic actor, uh, somebody that we don't really see that much of now nowadays, but I really enjoy him in this movie. And uh, R.I.P., by the way, to Ivan Reitman, because he sadly passed away, I want to say, in the last couple of weeks. I don't know what the cause of his death was, but... Definitely a loss for the movie industry as a whole. I mean, the guy directed Stripes, Ghostbusters. Um, oh my gosh, I, I could probably think of a million other movies that he did. But uh, Six Days, Seven Nights, that's probably not his highest accolade, but I enjoy that movie. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, I got Dave. Uh, next up, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, Dazed and Confused. All right, all right, all right. We got Matthew McConaughey in his uh, very first screen debut. This is a fantastic movie. Uh, just fantastic movie all around and extremely rewatchable. I have the Steelbook edition of it, which it's an okay Steelbook. Um, it's supposed to be a little beat up looking, which is part of the part of the appeal for it, I guess. But it's okay. It's not the greatest Steelbook in the world, but I have it. Um, but I'm a big Matthew McConaughey fan. I really enjoy him. I actually read his book, that memoir that he put out recently, uh, Green Lights. I actually was fortunate enough to be able to get an autographed copy of the book from him when he uh, released it. And I got to sit in on this uh, live Zoom uh, <clears throat> uh, Q&A that he did actually with Richard Linklater, which was... Uh, super cool to have them be reunited from, you know, Dazed and Confused and just talking about the book and talking about their careers. Um, I really, really enjoy that type of thing. So um, Dazed and Confused is where he got his start. So there we go. Uh, Next one is a Peter Weir classic, Dead Poets Society. It's got the late, great Robin Williams. One moment. It's got the late, great Robin Williams. why can't I think of what his name is? Uh, John Keating. Professor John Keating, I want to say. This is a movie that I think I've only actually seen it in its entirety maybe two times, I want to say. Um, <clears throat> I don't know why this is a movie that I haven't watched more because, I mean, it's, I feel like it, it is definitely cemented itself um, in the entertainment industry as being a classic. Certainly one of Robin Williams' best movies. Uh, the Oh Captain, My Captain, that whole speech at the end of the movie, it's very uplifting and emotional. And it does have a very good message about what's really important to learn and take away in this crazy thing that we call life. Uh, let's see, Demolition Man. I love Demolition Man. <clears throat> Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, 
Both these actors, I think, were definitely in their prime at this movie. And not only is this a, a very clever science fiction film, but it's really funny. Uh, that's something that's sort of interesting. You don't see a lot of sci-fi action movies that have a flair of comedy like this one does. But there's just there, there's so many good lines in this. Anywhere from the you know my my boggle, like you know <laughs> greeting greeting sir, what what seems to be your boggle? Uh, the three seashells, of course. Uh, stupid Rob Schneider when he's like eh, he doesn't know how to use the three seashells. <laughs> that that whole thing. Um, just just an absolute fun fun thrill ride of a movie. Uh, Dennis Leary, Jack Black's in it for about two seconds. But really, really fun movie, and also also super rewatchable. <clears throat> uh, next, we got the Departed. Uh, the Departed with my uh, my terrible Boston accent that doesn't sound anything like the like Boston. I'm probably sounding like I'm Irish or some something or uh, a, a moron. <laughs> I don't know. But the the Departed. <clears throat> uh, this is the movie that got Martin Scorsese his Best Director Oscar. I think it was nominated for like five or six Academy Awards. It is a an, an excellent mob movie. It's sort of a culmination of his career in the genre at the time. Of course, uh, capping off at the latter half of his career with uh, The Irishman, which that could very well be his last foray into the gangster genre, but I am not 100% sure on that because time will tell. He still has a lot of energy and vitality um, at Martin Scorsese's age. He's just like, I don't know, he's in like his late 70s right now and still making really fresh, uh, original, great content. Um, so he is absolutely an amazing filmmaker. But The Departed is, I, I'm i trying to think, I mean, would I say it's one of my favorite movies from his? I would say it's pretty up there because it, it's, it's also very rewatchable. Um, just powerhouse performances. I think it was, this was probably the last great performance by Jack Nicholson, uh, which that is an actor that I tremendously, tremendously miss when I am thinking about great lead performances in movies. There's nobody really quite like Jack out there. Next, I got George Clooney, the descendants. This was from Alexander Payne, the director of sideways. Um, this is a nice movie. It was all right, I guess. Uh, I know it, 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 this was nominated for five Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Actor, and it's a solid drama with some comedy in there, and I don't know, why can't I, I can't really recall much of the movie, I just remember it being well written, I guess, but I didn't like love it, love it, but I own it, so there you go. <clears throat> Next, I got, uh, Django Unchained, the D is silent, um... I actually had the steel book for this. And really quick, I have a, a very funny story with <laughs> yeah, with this movie. So <clears throat> sorry about all the throat clearing again. I don't know what is wrong with my throat today. But so this movie, what when did this come out? 2012, 2013, I wanna say. I I know it was still during the time that I was in college, so yeah, it would be around that time frame. And I did not get around to seeing this in the movie theater. But I did have a very terrible, awkward um, online date with this movie. Uh, I believe, I, I don't know the, I mean, I do know the girl's name, but I'm just like keeping it, you know, I'm keeping it to myself because I, I have class, I guess. I'm not going to just name drop a bunch of people and humiliate them. Um, <clears throat> but I had this online date 
This was when I was in college. It was like the first one. And then this movie had come out. We had been talking online for a couple of weeks. And I had suggested, I was like, hey, we should like, you know, just like watch a movie and have some Chinese food. And she's like, well, what movie you want to watch? And I was like, oh, Django Unchained. I heard it was good. And I, I do still think this is a great movie. But for a first date, it's probably a very bad choice. Because I remember within the first couple of minutes of this, uh, you know, they're dropping the N-bomb. I think a horse gets its head blown off. Like, there's some pretty violent, um, provocative language that's used very early on in the movie. And I could tell this person was probably not accustomed to seeing things like that that often. I had the feeling that this, this person may have been a a Pixar kind of person and, and maybe not a hardcore R-rated uh, Quentin Tarantino fan. So uh, needless to say, that didn't work out, but it uh, makes for a funny story. So yeah, Django Unchained. Uh, next, we have the uh, the sequel to the, the official sequel to The Shining, Dr. Sleep. Uh, this is from writer and director Mike Flanagan, the guy who made Haunting of Hill House. Uh, he did Gerald's Game. He's done uh, a number of different um, movies in the horror genre. And I really think, uh, considering the tall order he had to follow up something that is being compared to Stanley Kubrick, which really, really would arguably be the greatest director of all time by a lot of people in the film community, um, <clears throat> I think he did justice to this this property. Uh, I haven't read the book Dr. Sleep, but from what I understand, people that are fans of the book seem to think that he did a faithful adaptation of it while making just enough changes to facilitate a a true sequel to The Shining without tarnishing the fandom that's around Dr. Sleep. That's what I've heard anyway. And I really enjoy this movie, and I really enjoy Ewan McGregor, and uh, particularly Rebecca Ferguson as, as Rose the Hat. I think she's very menacing and cold and calculating and uh, charming at the same time. It's a very interesting performance. All right, Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. This is a Stanley Kubrick classic. I have the steelbook for this. And it has been a long, 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 long time since I have watched this. So I may need to set this movie aside and give it a watch because it's... Well, I mean, it's quite literally a film classic. i got to set down some of these movies here. <clears throat> All right. We got Donnie Darko. <clears throat> this is a very interesting mind. Just a big... Uh, th this movie messes with your head. That's what I'm trying to say. It really messes with your head. Uh, I feel even the most hardcore film people need to watch this a couple of times to truly understand what the hell is going on. But... I really enjoy this movie. This is a very like angsty teen movie with uh, some, uh, well, do I want to say science fiction? Yeah, it's it's a bit of a science fiction in a way. There's, there's definitely some psychological weirdness going on here. Not Maybe that's not science fiction. I don't know. Someone watch this movie and you tell me at the end of it if it's meant to be science fiction or if he's just psychotic and it's all in his head. I don't know. Uh, we got Don John. Don John, I feel like more people need to talk about. This was Joseph Gordon-Levitt's directing debut. He starred alongside Scarlett Johansson, Julianne Moore, uh, and including, why can't I think of this? There's a guy, I'm looking on the back of the, oh yeah, Tony Danza. Yeah. This is a super smart movie. 
I think it's very well written, well directed, and it is dealing with <clears throat> well, it's dealing with a subject that is probably taboo for a lot of people, but it talks about pornography a lot. And it has something to say about men that get addicted to it and what happens when you are viewing women through that lens where like you're just like that's that's the way like you know you're like you sort of eventually like you watch enough of that kind of stuff it's going to change um how you look at how you look at women how you treat women your relationship with them um it's a very very smart uh very very smart movie and i would definitely recommend seeing it if you just want to see something original well written and well acted uh dogma you got kevin smith's dogma this is uh definitely one of kevin smith's best movies that he's put out <clears throat> One of his best movies that he's put out by far it has an incredible cast from Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Selma Hayek, Jason Lee, the late great Alan Rickman, Chris Rock, Jason Mewes. Um, there's 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 more in this for sure that I could say. George Carlin, George Carlin for God's sakes, um, <clears throat> very 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 funny movie. And even if you are a real religious person, which this movie certainly has its digs towards organized religion. Uh, I still think there's a little something for everybody in this movie while also being, I would still say respectful overall to religion. I don't think it really like spits on it. It just is mocking some of the, hmm, well, I, you know, I don't want to say too much about it. Just see it, just see it and tell, you can tell me what you think about it after the fact. It's a good movie. <clears throat> uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, the woohoo. That's a terrible Robin Williams impression when he's like Eugenia. Is that what the name is? Eugenia Doubtfire? I'm not sure. But this is a classic, comedy classic as well. But people don't talk enough about the dramatic side of Mrs. Doubtfire. And in particular with the, the depiction that it has of divorce in this movie, which... Myself, coming as a child from divorce, there are a number of themes with divorce that this movie is exploring and handling that I really respected it for being as adult as it was about it. I mean, considering that this could be argued as being a family movie, its depiction of divorce just felt real. Uh, you could really feel the pain of Robin Williams and Sally Field as a couple that as much as they desperately felt like they wanted to love each other, they just needed to be honest with who they were and they weren't being honest with themselves and they were putting their kids in the middle of it. And there's some ugly tension that, that brews around that, but I really appreciated just how, how well it handled divorce and also its message towards the end showing that even if something as horrible as that happens, there is a way to, you know, make peace with it and, and not, and not put the, not putting kids, I guess, in the center of the problems, I guess. So it's a, it's a very smart movie. Uh, Dragged Across Concrete. This is a movie that I don't think many people have seen, at least in the mainstream. Uh, but this was, uh, Craig Z. Zoller's follow-up from, uh, Cell, uh, Brawl and Cell Brock, Brawl in Cell Block 99 with Vince Vaughn. And this movie also stars Vince Vaughn along with Mel Gibson, Tori Kittles, Michael Jai White, Jennifer Carpenter, uh, Thomas Kreshman, I can never pronounce that guy's name, and Don Johnson. 
This, if I'm comparing the two, Brawl and Cell Block 99 versus Dragged Across Concrete, I don't like this one as much, but it's still a very well-acted, tense um, crime thriller. So uh, definitely watch that if you like Craig, um, if you like S. Craig Zoller or you liked uh, Bone Tomahawk, any of those movies. It's still very much uh, in that in that spirit. You know you're watching an S. Craig Zoller movie when you're watching one, which is the compliment to the director. All right, <clears throat> I got Dragonheart. Dragonheart is such a fun movie, such a fun, uplifting family movie, and you have Sean Connery voicing a dragon. If that is not a sales pitch enough for a movie, I don't really know what is. Dennis Quaid's in this. This was, yeah, this was directed by Rob Cohen, the director of the very first Fast and Furious and Triple X. Hard to believe, but it's true. But I, I really, really, really enjoy this movie. And I really particularly enjoy the actor David uh, Thewis. I can never pronounce his last name. He pray, he plays Professor Lupin in Harry Potter. Um, really, really underrated actor. I think that guy should definitely get more acclaim than what he gets. But this is a, a real, just good-hearted, solid fantasy adventure movie. And it also... This movie also has uh, Pete Postwaite. I can't, if I'm saying his last name right, uh, mainstream audiences would likely know him as the dying father in Inception, but super fun uh, chemistry that he had with Dennis Quaid in this movie. So watch Dragonheart if you haven't seen it. That is, when did this come out? This is, is this in the 90s? This is probably in the 90s. Uh, why is it not telling me? You know, sometimes when you look at the back of these Blu-rays, it's really easy to tell when they... Um, when the movie got released, okay, well, I see that the mo the movie did not come out in 2012. I think the Blu-ray must have. Whatever. Someone tell me out there when Dragonheart came out. <clears throat> uh, Ryan Gosling's Drive. This is a movie that grows on you. And I mean that because when I watched it for the first time, I was just sort of like, well, I like the soundtrack of it, but I wasn't, I didn't really have that much of a stronger opinion about it. But this is uh, a movie that will just sink its teeth into you. And the more you watch it, the more you'll find different things to appreciate it. Anywhere from its really tight editing um, to the excellent performances from the cast all around. And I like this type of a movie, too, because it doesn't have that much dialogue, but it doesn't need it. It uses a lot of other elements besides just having a good script to propel the narrative forward. And yeah, it's a damn good movie. Damn good movie. I'm going to say that for a lot of these because, of course, I own them. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Dread. Mama's not the law. I am the law. Uh, that was my Judge Dread impression. This is the Carl Urban Judge Dread movie, so not the one with Sylvester Stallone. And it's a shame that more people did not see this movie and that it didn't make more of an impact at the box office because it is a damn damn good just solid action movie yes it's derivative of the movie the raid but it is it's done and helmed very very well it's it's written by uh alex garland the great director behind ex machina and annihilation and i just think like if you like i mean if you're a fan of judge dread you're gonna like this because i think it's accurate to a lot of the stuff in the comics but it's just it's just really good it's r-rated it's bloody violent it's not too long it's again got a lot of rewatchability and it's a movie that 
maybe just maybe if the fan community is able to keep pushing that there could be like a mini series for it or anything because i i would definitely be willing to revisit the world that this iteration of dread created uh christopher nolan's dunkirk i had the 4k of this this is a good movie sure I, this is not my favorite Christopher Nolan movie, if I'm being honest. I think I appreciate it from a practical filmmaking standpoint because there is a lot of technical precision that's being displayed on the screen. I like the historical accuracy and learning about the events of Dunkirk that happened uh, around World War II, I want to say. <clears throat> but as far as rewatchability, I don't think this is the most rewatchable movie. It's enjoyable for sure. If you were a history buff, you might get something more out of this. But if you just want to see an overall effective, tense movie about World War II that has a... uh, I'm I'm trying to think. How do I say this? Because the narrative for this movie is not straightforward. They tell it from a couple of different perspectives. Um... I don't know. If you like Christopher Nolan, you'll probably still like this movie. I like the movie. It's just not my favorite amongst the ones that he's made. <clears throat> All right. Actually, I'm looking at this. That takes us through the D's. So we're moving on to the E's. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> grab more. I almost popped my back from grabbing movies. Does that mean I'm old or out of shape or both? All right. I have a Disney, a Disney documentary on Blu-ray. It's just called Earth. And this is narrated by James Earl Jones, otherwise known as Darth Vader. Yeah, that whole thing. Darth Vader. Um, This is a really good documentary. I enjoy a number of documentaries, especially about nature. So if you just want to see that there is more in the world than you probably realize out there in terms of animals and nature, you should probably watch Earth. All right. Edge of Tomorrow. Great movie. Bill Paxton's in this. R.I.P. I don't know why every time a passed away actor comes up, I feel the need to talk about them, but I do. Tom Cruise, who, quite frankly, for me, can be hit or miss. I enjoy him. I've seen a number of movies that I like. I think he can deliver a really good performance, but sometimes he can be a little cut and paste Tom Cruise. Here, I don't think so. He's playing a little bit against type, uh, against type, playing someone that initially is a coward and not really a like man's man, um, you know, charming, charismatic guy. He's a bit of a bullshit artist actually to begin with, but his character changes and he has a very nice character arc and Emily Blunt. I think this is by far, by far none, one of her best movies. She is really, really intense in this movie. Um, I think she got into like tremendous shape for all the action sequences that she had to do. Uh, and you could tell, I think she was really given 110% for this movie. So, uh, edge of tomorrow, see it and maybe lobby for the sequel that's supposed to happen because I would, I would actually probably really like a sequel for this movie. It's really original and good. Eight below the late, great Paul Walker. Again, I seem to have movies with deceased actors in it, but that's what happens when people, it's life people people die i don't know why why do i keep harping on this i I don't know uh this is a good movie true story if you like dogs i would watch it if you like paul walker i would watch it but just know it's also sad so watch that employee of the month this was dane cook back when dane cook was a thing and actually you know what i'm looking at this and i just opened it and the blu-ray is gone 
where is my blue where is my blu-ray for this um i don't know that's actually strange where would it be all right well i'm setting that one aside because apparently the blu-ray went away for it <clears throat> end of watch jake gyllenhaal michael pena this is a good uh one of those i mean i hate to say it's one of those found footage movies it is it's used as kind of a gimmick in this movie when really they could have just shot it as a normal movie but still kept that low budgetness so the found footage thing is a little stupid, but I think everything else in this movie is really good, especially the chemistry between Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena. Enemy of the State. Will Smith, Gene Hackman. Uh, this this is a this is this has a stacked cast, and it's from Tony Scott. Very very rewatchable movie. This is one of those movies where like anytime it's on, I seem to end up having to like watch the whole thing just because it's a really solid movie. And I would actually be curious to hear either any of the remaining filmmakers or actors give their thoughts on the state of security today, considering that things are arguably a hell of a lot worse than they were during this movie in terms of like privacy and things like that. You know, it's like very Snowden. Um, <clears throat> Eurotrip. Scotty doesn't know that Fiona and me did it in my van every Sunday. Whatever the song is. This is... I mean, you could argue that this is a guilty pleasure, but it's very funny. It's very American Pie-esque, uh, very juvenile um, adult humor, but it's very funny. There's a lot of nudity in this movie. I am aware of that, so you've been warned, but it's a very fun movie. I should probably should probably watch that at some point again. Everything Must Go. Will Ferrell turning out a pretty solid dramatic performance. I think this was... I think he did this, uh, well, 2011. Yep, 2011. I've watched this a couple of times. Uh, it's a really good movie. I think, like, in terms of dramatic movies, like, this kind of gets compared to Stranger Than Fiction. But if you want to see just a really original, grounded movie that doesn't have too many cast members and it's just so about someone going through a very personal moment in their life, you should watch Everything Must Go. Ex Machina. I have it. Uh, don't trust robots, especially the ones that uh, pretend to hit on you. That's They, they tend to want to lock you up into a mansion and leave you for dead. Uh, the Expendables. I have this in 4K along with The Expendables 2. I don't have The Expendables 3, but I guess I'll have it. Th these movies aren't very good. They're not. I'm not even going to really like try to pretend that there's a lot of great going on with them, but... There is something about seeing a lot of these action legends from over the years on the screen together doing nonsensical things, but it's they're fun. They're fun. Um, I wouldn't recommend spending a great deal of money on these. I think between the two of these, I spent like six bucks for, for the both of them. So eh, it's about an average price tag for something like that. The Exorcism of Emily Rose. This is, I think I, I didn't I do a podcast on this at one point? I think I did. Someone go back and look at my past episodes. I'm pretty sure I've talked about this movie before, so I'm not going to talk about it more now. I'm going to grab more movies. So, uh, I guess I didn't own that many... Uh, <clears throat> I did not own that many movies with the letter E, because we're already on to the letter F. And speaking of F, I want to take his face off! Face Off. Face Off is one of the most badass action movies that has ever been created produced the whole thing john travolta at his prime nicholas cage in his prime 
John Woo. You got the doves flying around, people imitating each other. Uh, really ridiculous performances all around, uh, in particular, and particular from John Travolta. But and Nicola, this is a phenomenal movie. I don't really even want to talk about this a lot. It's just, a, it's a great movie. Falling Down. This is a Joel Schumacher picture. R.I.P. Joel Schumacher. Um, I don't feel like a lot of people talk about this, but there is some all too relatable. There's some relatable moments in this movie with a man that has just had enough. And even though he's not necessarily correct in everything that he does, you can understand some of his pain and frustration, which makes it a um, relatable movie. Fanboys. Uh, this is a very fun movie about just anybody that understands what it's like to be a super fan of a big property or something that has a lot of lore in it. In this case, being mega nerds of the movie Star Wars. <clears throat> very fun movie. Um, I don't really know what else I want to say about it. It's a fun movie. Fast and Furious. Ride or die. Uh, I live my quarter mile one life at a time. They, they say... They say an open road or nine or ten movies helps you think. Um, <clears throat> all right, there's a lot of jokes out there about the Fast and the Furious movies, which I get. And eventually, I have a feeling Fast and Furious is going to come back on the podcast. But until it does, I'll just give my very quick thoughts on all the movies that I own. <clears throat> First, The Fast and the Furious. It's still probably the best one from a critical standpoint. Too Fast, Too Furious. Fun, but a step down. Uh, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, it's almost a personal favorite of mine, even though there is some stuff that is, uh, well, a little quote-unquote dumb, uh, in particular, my rad, but I really like Tokyo Drift. Fast and Furious, or Fast and Furious 4, that was good. They brought the some of the returning cast from the first movie back, uh, which was good. It wasn't quite what Fast Five became, but it was on the way. <clears throat> Fast Five is really the thing that truly revitalized the franchise and allowed it to continue for a number of different films, so I definitely have a soft spot for that one. Fast and Furious 6, it's fun. Almost feels like Fast and Fast Five Part 2, but... <coughs> Excuse me. It's a pretty good movie. And Furious 7... Uh, that's just a hard one because, um, because it was Paul Walker's last movie because he tragically passed away from a car accident. Uh, but I do chuckle actually when I'm looking at the Blu-ray for this, because at the bottom it says one crew, one last ride. And that's clearly not the case because they're going to be making the 10th one fast times at Ridgemont high. Hey bud, let's party. Uh, this movie is before my time, but I compare it with something like Dazed and Confused, where it's like, it's like a real time capsule of a movie. It's got real standout performances from Sean Penn, Judge Reinhold. Um, this was written by Cameron Crowe, the writer and director of Almost Famous, and it's a very, very great, fun teen comedy movie. Uh, one of the best. One of the best. <clears throat> Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I have a soft spot in my heart for this because <clears throat> because I love John Hughes. I love John Hughes comedies. This is certainly a classic. I think it's exceptionally well written. It's held up tremendously. <clears throat> held up tremendously after all these years. And 
we also, for my 30th birthday party, I got to go do a private screening of this movie, and that was a lot of fun. Something I'm really glad that I got to do. Field of Dreams. If you build it, he will come. And if you talk about it on the podcast, they'll probably listen or not. I don't know. I got to drink water because my voice is dying. <clears throat> All right. Field of Dreams. I've never actually been to the field of dreams, which why is that? I live in Iowa. Does that not make sense for me to go to the place that this movie was filmed? I don't know. It's, I just feel like it's one of those things where I keep saying I got to do it. And then, you know, the years just keep going by the days keep going by and I just never do it. So I don't know why I don't do it, but eh, eventually I will do it. And what? Okay. Sorry. I got distracted by something on the back cover of that. Got the fighter with Mark Wahlberg, Christian Bale, Amy Adams. This is one of my favorite David O. Russell movies. Um, this and like silver linings playbook. They're both fantastic movies. Uh, I haven't really liked the David O. Russell movie since uh, those movies. He directed that movie Joy, which is okay, but I don't really love it. But I think he has another he has another movie in the pipeline coming down. So I'll definitely give him a watch because he is a really talented director, and I think this is one of his best movies. <clears throat> uh, Sylvester Stallone in First Blood. They, they, they spilled First Blood, not me. I, uh, I'm crazy, and I've got to run away from the cops. Um, phen- phenomenal movie. Phenomenal movie. Uh, this, is the, this, to me, is still the definitive Rambo movie. I know a lot of people talk about part two, but this is still just, I think, a better crafted movie. Um, I don't really care about Rambo 3. I, I really like the fourth Rambo movie, which, why don't I own that? That looks like a movie I need to own. And then there's the movie Last Blood, which ugh, I, I really was not a fan of Last Blood. And I'm not even going to try to own it to be a completionist because I thought it was that bad. Finding Nemo. Fantastic movie. I have the Blu-ray for it. This would definitely be worthy of a 4K upgrade just because of the visuals in it alone. This is a damn near perfect movie. <clears throat> uh, this is one of my Criterion editions that I have, part of the Criterion collection. It is The Fisher King. I don't think they have a standard Blu-ray for this. They, they just have uh, this version. And Sorry, I'm taking off a sticker that was on the front of it. <clears throat> This is really one of my favorite Robin Williams performances that doesn't get talked about nearly enough. And it's a dark movie. Like this movie is dealing with some dark subject matter. It's dealing with uh, like mass public shootings and fantasy and romance. Uh, This movie is really quite a trip on a number of different levels, but it's, it's an exceptionally heartfelt movie. And I think it's really sweet and, it's a movie that I think is very well worth revisiting if you're just looking for something that also is original and is not your typical Robin Williams movie that you see. So definitely, definitely check out The Fisher King. All right. I'm, 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 I'm knocking these out pretty well, I think. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well with the exception of my, my voice dying. But, okay, I'm going to grab more. Got to set some of these down. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> All right, the fifth, 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 fifth element. 
the fifth element i have this on 4k this is one of my favorite 4ks actually i think the transfer is immaculate you could arguably use this as a reference disc if you're looking to showcase your 4k tv and see what it does to older movies um i love this movie absolutely love this movie it's oh and i just dropped it it's super rewatchable and despite me dropping it i promise you it's a movie that's amazing <clears throat> we got flight Denzel Washington doing a bunch of drugs and saving people from a near-death experience. It's a very good movie. And John Goodman. John Goodman is... He almost plays like a... You know, I just thought of this. He plays like a version of the dude. It's so funny. Okay. Uh, my, my, my mama said mama said that my, my magic shoes would take me anywhere. And they've now taken me to talking about Forrest Gump the Blu-ray. All right. I got Forrest Gump. Winner of six Academy Awards. I don't have the 4K of this. Probably should. It's a great movie. Who doesn't like Lieutenant Dan? The Founder. If you want to see a real hard look at how some people in business get successful, well, it usually starts by screwing over people and doing it all for a dollar. So, <laughs> um, this is I've watched this movie several times because it's a very, very good performance by Michael Keaton. I find the story absolutely fascinating, and it's exceptionally well-written. So, The Founder, watch that. Full Metal Jacket, Stanley Kubrick, disturbing Vietnam epic. I, <clears throat> I still think this movie is best when they're in the basic training and when they leave there. The movie's still good, but it's not nearly as good as when they're in basic training. But that whole sequence alone is worth watching because it is damn good. Funny People. This is one of my favorite Adam Sandler movies with Seth Rogen, Leslie Mann. Uh, this is from writer and director Judd Apatow. Uh, some people think this movie's a little bloated, a little long. Some Apatow movies tend to be that way, but I think it's really funny. I also think it's uh, has all the drama that it needs to have in the right places. So it's not just all funny, but it's got a good heart to it. And it has an interesting look at what it would be like to be a world-famous uh, stand-up comedian. So definitely think it's worth checking out. And again, the, the cast alone for this movie is phenomenal. Like, there's so many great people in this movie. Garden State. Uh, I think I felt like I was a lot of people that watched Garden State when it first came out. Um, I felt like it connected with me. I felt it was, uh, you know, it spoke to me on a lot of levels, I guess, um, about like being lonely and just trying to find your place in the world and feeling misunderstood. There's a lot of things that I really, really enjoyed about Garden State. And it's actually a movie that I should rewatch it again. I, I, I was obsessed with this movie for a while and I watched it a number of different times just because I thought it was a really beautiful movie. <clears throat> uh, the Game. David Fincher's The Game. This is a phenomenal, phenomenal suspenseful thriller. One of my favorite Michael Douglas performances and one of my favorite David Fincher movies. It keeps you guessing to the very end. And I will also say that this movie, while it still works for rewatch and you can still enjoy yourself, nothing beats the first time watching this movie. Absolutely nothing. Uh, this is actually not a movie, so I'm cheating here a little bit, but it is in my collection. I own the entire George Carlin collection, so I own every single stand-up comedy special that he has, um, which, how many are on here? There's 
1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, including his post uh, homumus. I, I can never say it. When someone, they release material after somebody dies, um, there's, there's information for that. And yeah, I totally do not regret having this at all. I absolutely, absolutely love George Carlin. I think he is uh, the Mount. He's like literally at the head of the Mount Rushmore of comedy. <clears throat> Get him to the Greek, a sort of sequel to Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, very, very funny movie. Uh, in particular from Jonah Hill as just the everyday man stuck in an extreme situation with an insane rock star. Very, 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 very funny movie. All right. <clears throat> Almost done here, actually. I'm, I'm going through these pretty quick. This is a 4K, and this would also be what I would argue as a reference quality 4K disc, and that's the uh, American adaptation of Ghost in the Show with Scarlett Johansson. I actually really enjoy this movie. Um, it, some people would argue that, you know, Scarlett Johansson's like you're doing like a whitewashing thing that it should be an Asian person playing it. I don't really know about that. I thought for the sake of the story, it actually made sense considering that the character is a shell of another person that lived in the area that was Asian and they changed her appearance to for whatever reason. But it actually made sense to me for the story. <clears throat> I've seen the original Ghost in the Shell. And I'm not a huge fan of like Japanese anime, manga, that sort of thing. I liked it. I mean, I appreciate it for what it was and the influence that it had. But <clears throat> as far as an adaptation of an anime goes, I still think it's a pretty worthy step in the right direction, albeit imperfect. Okay. <clears throat> I'm grabbing the last pile. <clears throat> last pile here, and then I will shut up. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. This is another David Fincher movie. I th yeah, right? Yeah, it's David Fincher. Uh, this is the American remake. I don't have the Swedish one with Numi Rapace, but I love this movie. I think it's super seedy, super intense, super hard to get through for some people, but if you can stomach it, it is well worth watching. I have The Girl Next Door. This is an underrated um Teen comedy with Emil Hirsch and Elisha Cuthbert. I think I'm saying her name right. Has an interesting look at the adult film world and teens. And it's just, <clears throat> I don't know. What can I say about this movie? It's got fun performances. And I also think Timothy Oliphant is freaking hilarious in this movie. <clears throat> I have the 4K of Gladiator. This is another amazing, amazing movie to own 4K. Have zero regrets about it. I'll buy it in the next iteration that it comes out in. It's, it's phenomenal. And let me ask you the question. Are you, are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Um, a sequel to this is coming out, apparently. Ridley Scott says he's doing it. And it may like follow the son of Maximus. I am not really sure, but I am always a little bit hesitant about movies to a classic, but it can be done. It can be done. I mean, I've seen Blade Runner 2049 prove, prove that, you know, hand, uh, prove that I can't say, I was going to say hand over heels, but that doesn't make sense. I've seen movies prove it wrong where even like a Dr. Sleep is a worthy addition to a classic movie. So Time will tell, but in the meantime, we always have Gladiator, and it's a incredible movie. 
Okay. I had the Godfather edition, uh, the Godfather Coppola restoration of all three Godfathers. I'll, I have a confession to make. <clears throat> I've seen the Godfather. Love it. Seen the Godfather part two. Also love it. I have never seen the Godfather part three ever. I've owned it. It's been sitting here for years and I've never watched it. Maybe it's because I heard a bunch of shitty things about it. I don't know. It also could be because they now have the Coda edition, which is the bookend edition where it's the death of Michael Corleone. It's like the definitive cut from Francis Coppola. So maybe I should see that one as my first one. But yeah, I just, I've never seen Godfather Part 3. What the hell is wrong with me? I don't know. We have The Goods. This is a comedy that more people need to talk about. It is so over the top and stupid but it is so damn funny. I could watch this movie several times and still laugh at it like a five-year-old. I think it's great. <clears throat> Goodfellas. Uh, that opening trunk scene. Oh, my God. Right? And the helicopters. I I think I have listened to... Uh, what is the song? The, you could climb a mountain. You could climb the sea. You can jump into the fire. The Harry Harry Nielsen song, if I'm saying that right. Such a good soundtrack, such a good movie. And it is Martin Scorsese, arguably his best movie. <clears throat> I own Good Night. <clears throat> I own Good Night and Good Luck. This is a interesting movie, certainly talking about the important uh, the importance of having the free press and having it be allowed to question um, political leaders. So I appreciate it for that front, but it's am I going to pretend that this is a movie I'm going to watch all the time? Uh, no, not really. <clears throat> Goon. Goon is great. If you love if you love hockey and you want to see something as good as I don't want to say as good as the movie Slapshot because that's like the definitive hockey movie for some people, but this is probably my favorite movie that's been made about hockey. It's really fun and I really like Sean William Scott. I wish he would do more movies. <clears throat> good morning Vietnam. Robin Williams in Good Morning Vietnam. Phenomenal movie. It's a little bit heartbreaking at the same time, but it is a damn, damn good movie. <clears throat> Goodwill Hunting. It's not your fault. What do you mean? It's not your fault. What are you talking about? It's not your fault. Okay, okay. Not, okay, like, what if you just said it? Yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. It's not my fault. And there just wasn't that emotional breakdown. How it would really deflate the scene. And I don't know why I'm joking about this so much, because I have seen this movie so many damn times. It definitely deserved to be nominated for nine Academy Awards. And I can go back time and time again to this movie. In fact, if I were to make like a top rewatchable movies list, this would easily make it. I want to say it would easily make it into the top 10, probably. I have Godzilla, King of the Monsters in 4K. Looks really good. I've seen it a couple of times. Not a massive Godzilla fan, but eh, if you like Godzilla, you'll probably like it. <clears throat> Grandma's Boy, very, very fun uh, stoner comedy genre because, yes, there's, like, weed and drugs and things like that in it, but it's so silly. It's so over the top. They smoke weed, I think, at one point with a monkey and play Xbox with it. It's ridiculous, but it is a really fun movie all around that does have a solid heart at its core. Grand Torino, you get off my lawn and keep talking about movies. Um... <laughs> All right, Gran Torino. 
this to me is like the movie that Clint Eastwood should have just retired on. Um, I'm not, it's not to say the guy that can't keep directing and doing stuff. Cause he has done things since this, uh, he directed the movie Sully, which I really liked, but as far as acting goes, I think this is going to go down as his best acting performance to end his career on. He may try to do acting still like he did that cry macho movie, which I thought was a dud. Um, but this to me was like the movie he should have gone out for as an actor. It is really, really well done. The green mile, uh, the green mile got a man walking down the mile. Uh, this is the one, two punch from Frank Darabont doing his Stephen King prison adaptations. Um, <clears throat> it is really hard to talk when I'm like, which movie's better this or the, or the Shawshank redemption. It's really, really tough. I don't even know if I can answer that question because I really, really love both of these movies. So, I don't know. What do you think about that? We got The Grey, Liam Neeson, Crash Lands, Fights Off Wolves, and it has... I think there actually might be something kind of deep to this movie about a man facing his own mortality. And at the end of it, spoiler alert, we don't even really know if he lives or dies. More than likely, I think he dies. I think that's what they're trying to say. But he goes out on his own terms. And it is not an easy movie to get through. But if you really like Liam Neeson and you want to see a, a great survival movie, this is this is one to see. Alright, got two more movies. Gone Girl. Here's the moral of the movie. Uh, definitely, definitely make sure you know who you're going to get married to. And make sure that they don't uh, write a secret diary about you. Fake pregnancies. Try to set you up for murder and credit card debt. She's a psycho, absolute psycho in this. I'm not going to say that Ben Affleck in this movie is a stand-up citizen himself, but he is a lot better than psycho Rosamund Pike in this movie. So there you go. And the last one I have in the part two collection video, or not video, audio. I, I don't, why am I acting like there's a video? You can't see me doing this. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I very much enjoy this movie. It's fun. I don't really care about part two. I saw it once and I was like, eh, gave me Iron Man two vibe, just overly bloated, overly stuffed. Didn't have as good of a story as the first one, all that noise, but guardians of the galaxy. The first one is still a really fun time. Good ensemble movie and is definitely a solid, uh, standout in the MC universe. So that's it. That's all I got for talking about the movie collection for part two. I am sorry that it's been so long between episodes, but I'm just getting ready to get married. And so that's that. I appreciate you all being here once again. Stay tuned for more episodes. I'm going to try to be posting more as I work on getting more balance back into my life and not just focusing solely on getting a wedding off the ground and everything else that goes on. So that's it. Appreciate you all. You take care and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye.